Okay, we are live. Greetings, friends of the apocalypse. Welcome to Podcast at Ground Zero, your home for the apocalypse for Podcast at Ground Zero, episode 61, Turbo Kid. I am Jared the Apocalypse Nerd Wallace. He is Adam Bomb Glancy, or otherwise known this week as Mr. Handy. <laughs> now we'll. Thank you, Jared. Thank you, thank you very much. So we'll um, we we won't ask Scott why he has two um, wrist injuries. Uh, we'll just leave that to the imagination. I I assume that he did it, you know, battling um, uh, the undead mutant hordes. That that's what I'm gonna go with. Yeah, you, you know? remember you remember how I broke my leg, right? Uh, walking across a parking lot. Yes, I remember yes, that. That's how I broke my leg. So it's going to be at least as uh, at least as dramatic as that. Yes. Yes, folks. About ten years ago, Scott was walking across a parking lot and like just like stepping like like over the grass or something. Yeah, I was. It was. It was actually a. It was a slope. It's like a thirty degree slope from a raised parking lot down some grassy slope to the to the place that's going to work and somebody didn't want to go all the way around to one end of the parking lot to get down there. So I walked down the slope and um, it's true. Your bones really do sound like uh, a bunch of bra, uh, a bunch of uh, uh, celery being crushed. That's exactly what they sound like when they snap on the inside. It's, it's quite, uh, it's quite a sound. Yeah. It uh, yeah, and we, we had to push him around. Well, actually, I think Ann did a lot of the pushing. Or, Ann Coy, or, yes. Or, all and, 75 and, to 80 pounds of Ann Coy pushed me around Gen Con in a uh, wheelchair. Was, it was, I, think it was, I think Judy switched between Ann and Bridget at the same time. Yeah. You know, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> pushed around in a wheelchair by girls. That's hilarious. Well, well, you looked a lot better than if I was pushing you around. So True, true. That's a, that, as as if you would push me around. Well, maybe it, down a flight of stairs. Maybe maybe down a, a really steep ramp, just to see how that thing handles on the hairpin turns. But uh, I don't see you pushing me around in a wheelchair. Shoot, did I end up having to? Did I end up setting up part of the booth with my with before you arrived? With the broken leg, I somehow remember like crawling around trying to get boxes and tables set up with a busted leg, which was no fun whatsoever. Yeah, you you started doing that before, like before me and Rick showed up. We're like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? You know, <laughs> my duty. That's what I'm doing. I'm doing my fucking duty. Um, All right. you, you, anyway, so yeah, so uh, yes, yeah, so I'm sure Scott uh, injured his wrist by something just as exciting as yeah, walking as, as walking to work. Yeah, exactly. Um, So anyways, uh, what do we have in the apocalypse today? Uh, Uh, Today, which is October 31st, and technically we should do something scary, but, you know, no, (laughs) we're not. I thought thought about it, like, after the fact. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's going to be Halloween. We should do a Halloween apocalypse episode. But, uh, you know, that's okay, because... Fuck Halloween. Fuck Halloween, you know. Fuck Halloween. uh, Halloween, but uh, and folks, uh, I only I only say that because it comes from a a place of tragedy on Halloween for me, me personally. And we'll Halloween is not fun, not, not fun, fun, not fun, funny, not funny. I used to enjoy it dramatically, like, but not anymore. So anyway, um, 
one of the like I was telling Scott, one of the cool things I saw recently was uh, Bethesda, you know, the marketing machine who makes Fallout game series, uh, now has a or they're coming out with a Nuka Cola machine mini fridge. You know, and it's pretty tall. Like they showed a picture of like. It has like three shelves, and each shelf looks like they could fit like four cans. So you could probably you, know, you could fit like a twelve pack in the damn thing. Now, is it shaped like a Nuka Cola bottle, or is it shaped like a big red Nuka Cola fridge? The the machine. It's shaped like the machine. Good, good. You good. know, and I was uh, I was looking at that, and I'm like, oh, maybe I should put that on my Christmas list. But you know, um, Christmas may be on hold for this year because because you know the folks I've heard I've we mentioned before is like. I'm buying a house. Well, me and my wife, we are buying a house and moving. So this is actually going to be the last show probably till next month just because I, I have, like, the major move apocalypse coming up. So in, like, less than three weeks, we're moving. So I have a – as you can see in the background here, I have a lot of crap to do. So this is going to be it. So – but the machine, uh, it's uh, – what is it? I looked. It was uh, 150 bucks. So mm – -hmm. A little expensive, but you know what? For a mini fridge, I've seen regular mini fridges go for a lot more than that. And again, I don't know how good a quality the machine is, too. I mean, if it's a good quality machine, it'll be totally worth uh, the hundred fifty bucks. But that's a, that's something I I'd like in the office, though, because if it's right here, I get you know reach down and you know uh, pull out an ice cold Nuka Cola. Exactly. Well, because you know when we move, I'm going to be uh, I'm going uh, home based for work. So, because since I'm moving away from the office, so I am going to constantly be in the office, you know, eight hours a day, then plus whatever other time. So it's going to be, it's like, but you know, four uh, four of the kitchens is like right outside the office. So I don't really, I know I was like, eh, I don't really need that, you know. Yeah, well, it's still cool. Still a cool it, product. It's still cool. It's it's definitely cool. So, do we have uh, to report on Wasteland Three? You know, I, I haven't. I saw that it's coming out. I haven't read up a whole lot on it. It's uh, apparently it takes it takes place, you know, like in Colorado. I want to say, like in the cold or something. Yes, and uh, where the first one and second one, you know, Wasteland One and Two, are both set in Nevada. Uh, the uh, Wasteland Three is absolutely going to be an Arctic, uh, a nuclear winter Colorado. So it's all radioactive snow. Do not eat the glowing snow. Yeah, as definitely. Frank, as Frank Zappa said, "Yes, do not eat the glowing snow." So yeah, they they didn't do a Kickstarter this time. They did some other kind of funding, uh, paid mm -hmm. funding funding thing. Kickstarter's hard. Yeah, it's uh, but it's still fun. Yeah, but it looks like it's still funded. So that should be um, uh, uh, that should that should be interesting. So that that's coming out. Um, yeah, I've seen snippets here, or there's of all kinds of little movies and videos. Um. What, what was I just reading of something? And uh, maybe this is a rehash of an art article. Something about George Romero saying about how he, you know, you know, um, World War Z and you know the Walking Dead have ruined zombie films. You know, he'll never make another one again because you know he can't pitch these little socio-political zombie films and he can't redo them and so on and so forth. But, but uh, part, part of me is kind of like, you know what? Thank God. Okay. Well, his last couple of films have not been great. His last couple of films have not been that. We're being kind. We're being kind to the to the Godfather of the genre, but they have not been good. Oh no! I give him credit where credit. He Night of the Living Dead, Dawn Day, all fantastic films. Crazies. 
Don't forget crazies. Crazies. All fantastic stuff. Land was not that good. But Mm -hmm. Diary, it was a different approach. I I didn't hate Diary. Um, It was different. It it was kind of interesting. Uh, But Survival was the absolute worst. And we've mentioned this for his actual worst piece of crap I have ever seen. It was... It was awful. Anyway, so yeah, I saw I read it, something about that lately. And I will point out on survival, one of the things that made it terrible was its absolutely god awful uh, CGI effects, which we're going to talk about in this new movie. We're going to talk about today, Turbo Kid, um, where I'm going to give credit. I, I'm going to my early shout out is these guys had a lot of CGI effects and they were okay. Uh, oh yeah, for a, for a film that looked like it was made for even less money than the Romero film, oh, they yeah. did a really good job with their shitty CGI effects. They they did a good job. Oh, um, and the uh, and the and the one more uh, thing was I I posted on the blog. Uh, there is another Kickstarter game out. Uh, it's a uh, called uh, Nukes. It's a party game. Uh, two-day players. They've actually been funded now. It's basically, you're in the post-apocalypse. You all, you, all of you have like a, a settlement, and you're trying to get enough resources to get enough population to win the game. And while you're trying to do that, people are trying to like, uh, f- uh, you know, kill you off by, you know, you know, swarms of insects or nuking you, and or you can defend yourself. And again, look, it's a very light, super quick, you know, party game, but... It's got a theme, uh, you know, based on the, you know the stuff we like. So I, th- I thought it was interesting, and for for twelve bucks with a couple bucks shipping, you know, it's like a stack of cards like this big. You, you can't go wrong, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. Anything else that's on the horizon that we want to talk about before we get into the? Uh... <laughs> well, I think it's the awesomeness that is is Turbo Kid. You you are giving it at least a thumbs up, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, okay, folks, yeah. So that, that's all we really have. Oh, just to let you know, oh, I'm currently listening to uh, War Day. So oh, all right. when I'm done with that, we could review that. And let me tell you, I'm finding it more intriguing and interesting now, decades later, than when I first tried to read in the 80s. When I first tried to read in the 80s, I could not get into the book at all. But now, now coming back to it years later, I'm finding it a lot more interesting. You know, with like their journey, talking about a lot of statistics and all the things that are, you know, I, I have more of a brain for it now than when I was like, you know, 15 years old. So mm-hmm. uh, when I'm done with that, we'll definitely come back and review that book. So, um, and I also have lined up the the other two books in the uh, Silo series. I, I have those now. So okay. uh, I'm going to get through those. And as we get through those, we'll review those as well. I got mine lined up and I've already read War Day. Although, frankly, I do need to review it. It's been probably 20 years since I read oh, yeah. day. So, uh, so we'll have so folks. We're gonna have we're definitely gonna have some more uh, book reviews coming up, which I know people uh, like some book reviews. So, as we're getting through these books again, uh, a little more modern and some older stuff. So, all right. So, so that's gonna come up, folks. But now back to uh, Turbo Kid. Uh, we're gonna talk about Turbo Kid, the film uh, produced, uh, filmed in uh, 2015. So it was produced last year, and uh, so. Again, we're going to talk about the film, folks. Well, as usual, we, we try not to go overly spoil it, but we usually wind up spoiling it anyway. So this is your fair chance to spoiler alert and you know stop listening because we're going to again talk about a lot of details uh, about the movie. So here's your 
Last chance. Three, two, one. Spoilers. So, Turbo Kid. You know what? The first thing I want to say about this movie is that I don't think the plot matters at all. I mean, uh, we could talk about the plot, but does it really matter at all for this film? Not particularly. Well, there's no. a couple of well, there's a couple of few major plot points, but okay. uh, but it's it, <laughs> is a, it is a hodgepodge of other um, science fiction movies because it's, it's it's just a giant homage, right? Yeah, yeah. It's just a giant homage to the apocalyptic uh, genre as seen from the 1980s. Yes. Um, the, 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 when the film starts, even the credits come up, and it credits some company, like, you know, Laser Pacific, your leader in laser disc technology, as one of the sponsors or the, or the producers. And the credits are, that opening credit thing looks like it came out in 1986. It's kind of perfect. Oh yeah, so I yeah, we'll definitely say like Scott. You know, again, I I I'm, I'll say this because I enjoyed the film. I thought it was a good film. Okay, I had fun with it. Did I love it to death? Like a lot of people, not so much. It's like it's it was a good, it was a fun film. Would I come back to it? Probably just if I would have had a chance to watch it again just for the review, I would have. But it's not something that I would necessarily be like, you know, I got to go back and watch Turbo Kid again. Oh, no. There's there's not a lot of going back. I'm not suggesting that. But I yeah, think that it's, it's, it's definitely not a – it's it's a generally a one-time passer for me. I'm not even willing to say it's a good movie. I'm just saying I really liked it. I mean, well, a, that's what I'm saying. It's good It's good because I liked it because it was fun. You know, yeah. um, it was a yeah. fun movie. It, they definitely – the movie is totally, folks, what we said, it's a totally an homage – to A's apocalyptic films, okay, totally. Now, and a lot of, you know, just references to the 80s, and the one issue I have with the film, and unfortunately, it's not just this film specifically. It's anybody who's trying to do homages to those types of films is, okay, the 80s did bad films, and they did bad films good, but they didn't, they weren't out there trying to make them bad. They were. They thought they were doing. They thought they were doing God's work. Okay. They thought they were making, you know, good films. But well, it's, it, it's always hard to do camp, right? It's yeah. always hard to do something that's supposed to pretending to be taking itself seriously, but is really a comedy, you know. And there's only a couple of films that I can think of where, you know, it, they pulled it off, where they act completely seriously. And then it's, it's – which underlies how ridiculous it is. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's not, it's not even just ridiculous. It's just that I find that when people are trying to do homages to the 80s to do that kind of ridiculous over the top – the ridiculous over the top of the 80s. Like, that people, like Kung Fury. Yeah. Like when, when, when people try to do it, they overdo it. I find that they always just – they amp it up just a, like a little too much. Like eh, if you would have just cranked it back just like – one click, it would have been much better. Because yes, I know that's the intent. Oh, let's let's do it over the top. But they, you know, normally my philosophy is if you're going to go over the top, you go all the way. Okay, but um, <laughs> I always think that the over the top of these things is kind of this sort of if only the filmmakers back then had the ability to go over the top as much as we do, and part yeah. of that is the CGI. Um, yeah. uh, this film uh, did 
some really interesting gore effects, and it, and it's worth noting that it is hilariously, ridiculously rubber body parts, you know, garden hoses full of blood, gory. All right, but it's the kind of gory that you, you I can hardly take even remotely seriously because it's so obvious. Uh, it's so obviously fake. But they didn't care. I mean, they made this thing like there's there's a lot of prosthetic. But they mixed their prosthetic effects with CGI effects, which I, in a way that I thought was kind of interesting. Uh, so that it helped cover up the bad CGI and it helped it enhance the, uh, the stuff that was uh, prosthetic and, you know, in-camera effects that might not have been as good as they could have been. But, yeah, they are super gory in this film. The Wasteland is not for pussies. They, no, it's not. And, and, I'm, and I'm trying to find... Uh... Have you ever seen it? I I, I know we've looked at this before, but have you found anything on the budget? Of no, um, no, I have not. Um, I just saw something on IMDb about its uh, its uh, initial take. You know, like it, so it only ever earned like fifty thousand dollars in in theaters. You know, uh, and that it has since. You know, I don't. I, I yeah. Uh, I just all I have is is its box office numbers, but I'm sure I'm it'll not, do. I'm sure it'll do more like in you know in uh, afterwards in video yeah, and once rental. They, once they sold it to Netflix, they made some more money on that. I'd be surprised if they didn't make at least that amount of money again on it. Um, but I haven't been able to find anything about the uh, the budget. I I will point out that. Um, well, we know we know where they spent probably the biggest part of the budget. Ah, uh, on Michael Ironside. Michael Iron Michael Michael Ironsides in this movie, folks. It is a Canadian movie. It's a Canadian movie, and he is a Canadian product. So having him in that movie maintains its nearly one hundred percent Canadian content. Except for some reason, this movie was made by Canadians and New Zealanders, which is why we have a character in it with that you know weird half Mad Max accent in it. Um, well, maybe that and, was on purpose. Yeah. Well, yes, but they, they, it was a New Zealand Canadian co-production, apparently, and they got some, you know, Canadian tax breaks because they had enough Canadian content, which I think means, which is things like number one, Michael Ironside, there's your Canadian content, and number two, when they're in the kids' bunker, and his newfound friend Apple picks up the box of cereal. Did you read the the name of the cereal? Oh shit! It was, was Soylent Vert, V-E-R-T. It was the French. It was French Canadian for Soylent Green. Oh, because again, Canadian content, you know. Uh, um, so yeah, so Michael Ironside's the bad guy. Um, we have a young kid who grew up in the apocalypse. Is the uh, you know the Turbo Kid is the uh, main you know is the hero. Plus, like you said, there's the there's the Mad Max slash Clint Eastwood slash, you know. Crocodile uh, Dundee. I <laughs> yeah, you know, kind of mix, but he's like an arm wrestling champion. It's just like. It's like the man from Snowy River was transplanted to the apocalypse. And I, what I like is he's not particularly competent. They sort of no. make that point that our, the guy who looks like the hero, it doesn't always work out the way he plans at all. No. <laughs> Oh, but, and and, uh, and, the, and also the one cool, the one thing that I found that I liked about the one that I really liked about the movie is 
something we've talked about on multiple occasions in the apocalypse was how do you get a, transportation in the apocalypse? They're all riding bicycles in the apocalypse. BMX bicycles. Let's be clear. BMX yeah. bicycles with those tiny fucking bikes, the, the wheels. The wheels on these bikes are like donuts rolling around in the – how do you get anywhere? Yeah. Well, they're BMX bikes, man. They're meant for well, they're they're meant for tricks and uh, do it jumps and uh, but they did BMX bikes. So I'm like, yes, that's very that's very 80s right there. Yeah. <laughs> um, so BMX or even even other bikes now, and there seemed to be some kind of bike economy too. Um, people yes. were people repairing bikes, but of course, part of the problem, you know, goes back to always, you know, if we're going to be uh, critical for a second is uh, it's like where are they getting all the the tubes and tires that wear you know eventually wear out you know but uh, well, well not the same well, place they're getting the water obviously but yeah. nevertheless it's it, it's a hilarious future where there's no water except everything's wet because apparently when they filmed it in Canada in whatever I don't know like abandoned quarry they filmed it in uh, it it started raining. And so they're like, it was still cold. You know, they can see their breath in all these scenes. It's, it looks like it was a pretty hard, miserable shoot. I don't know how far they were from the nearest heating element, but it looks cold as shit. And it's also wet. And so they had to quickly, so the intro, which is doing it is the year 1997, the war, you know, the, that kind of thing. They had to add acid rain into the opening, you know, uh, uh, you know, exposition drop because they had to film in a wet environment or because their budget was running. And it's like, well, I guess it's wet in the future. It just, you can't drink it. So they still managed to keep their, their water shortage apocalypse, which is holy crap. How many eighties water shortages are there? Um, I don't know. Solar babies, but, uh, uh <laughs> tank girl. Oh uh, uh, yeah. Fist yeah. of the North star just goes yeah. on and on. Always looking for water, but yeah. So water, you know, water's a thing, and our and our uh, and our hero, the, the the kid who becomes a Turbo Kid. Oh, again, this movie is so like every cliche of the eighties, and just 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 eighties cliches, not necessarily post-apocalyptic cliches, but from the eighties, but eighties cliches. Yeah. You know, like like his like secret bunker is just full of like you know. Cassette tapes and pink flamingos and um, oh, do you remember the scene where they're camping uh, and they have a fire and they're putting VHS tapes on the fire for warmth? Oh yes, yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No laser, no CDs here. It is V. It's all tape, baby. Well, they could have had laser discs. You know, yeah, laser those discs. Don't burn well. in. Those don't burn yeah. as well as a as a good VHS tape, <laughs> and they're not as toxic. You know? Yeah. So um, uh, it is filled with 80s cliches. Um, it's uh, and, and let's see, what are the other, the other homages? I think they had the Soylent Green. They, I, I think they were going for when, when, they, when he makes his girlfriend her own weapon and duct tapes the garden. Oh, my, oh my God. Yeah, that was that. Okay, that was the best. That was to the baseball is, bat. And she's like, this is my gnome stick. I think they're doing Army of Darkness. I think that's Ash. You know what? I, I think you're right. I think she might have been doing Ash. 
And it was hilarious that she she murders some people. She murder death kills some people with that with that stupid gnome stick. It's kind of awesome. Yes, yes, folks. Baseball bat, a, a statue of a gnome. Basically, basically the guy from fucking uh, Expedia, the Expedia commercials, duct taped to a baseball bat. <laughs> yep, yep, and, and it, it does its job just fine. It's oh, classic. One of my favorite web, and the film's got I think. Michael Ironside as the bad guy has the only firearm in the movie. Everybody else has got blades and ridiculous uh, 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 nunchucks made out of hammers, made out of claw hammers. Yes, yes, the nunchuck hammers, yes. Just uh, all kinds of... Uh, there is a villain who is murdered with a, uh, a beach umbrella. Not just by stabbing him with the beach umbrella, but afterwards by opening it inside him. <laughs> the uh, the the amount of gory deaths is pretty hilarious. The weapons are pretty hilarious. Uh, they have a gladiator fight in a drained pool, which yes. is referred to by the villains in their in their villainous headquarters as you know. There's arrows as this way to the pool party, which I kind of like the pool party. That was. Yes, that was uh, that was very aptly named. I'm like pool party. Okay, yeah. I like that. One um, of the weapons, one of the weapons in the pool party is literally like a cinder block that a steel rod has been put through, so it's like a sledgehammer. And uh, I thought that was pretty hilarious as well. The, the there's nothing practical about the weaponry. Um, oh, there's no. a there was a shirkin made out of um, straight oh. razors. Was it straight razors? Yeah, it was like the straight razors you'd shave with, you know. And there was a shuriken made out of that. There was the uh, the main henchman who's got a sort of halfway between. Yeah, he's got the, he's like halfway to Wes and halfway to Michael Myers. Yeah, he's got this mask on, so you never see his face, and he's got like this prosthetic device that like. Has like spinning saw blades and shoots saw blades out of them. Yeah, this, I noticed that its ability to shoot saw blades uh, always seems to go away right when the hero is fighting and has the blades right near his face. Yeah, I'm like he's shooting guys across the yard with it. And then right when the blades here, and you think all he has to do is push the go button, and this is over with. Somehow that never seems to happen. But you know, I expect that from an '80s action movie. That's all right. That's fine. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. So uh, they so, also yeah. murdered somebody with a with a toy unicorn. <laughs> they they murdered a henchman with a toy unicorn head mounted on a BMX bike. So yeah, yeah. They were they are oh man they're not kidding around they um uh, and when our hero the kid who's been reading about Turbo Man yeah Tur- Turbo the- Man that that's his hero he has these um. And apparently that's a currency as well, comic books, or at least Turbo Man comic books. Okay. Yeah. Turbo Man's this over-the-top super action super soldier with his turbo arm device, you know, and it rides like a BMX bike as well. You yeah. know. So uh, apparently he's trying to collect he's collects Turbo Man comics and reads them and he fantasizes about them and like like he he finds like he scavenges the wasteland, gets junk, and he goes to the one uh, trading port and like gives the guy junk, and the guy like pays him with the you know turbo like with, like turbo turbo man comics. Yeah, uh, and that and dirty bottles of water, 
like yeah. like any good fallout scenario. Here's your bottle of dirty water. Um, oh, very. Dirty but eventually, water. eventually, he finds a wrecked war machine buried in the ground that happens to have the dead body of some super soldier left over from the robot wars, uh, who's dead in the command cabin uh, with his his sort of his uniform that sort of looks like Turbo Man. And yeah, a pretty, weapon pretty much was looks, Turbo Man. Yeah. And so the kid is able to put on the uniform and uh, get the actual device. Great. I'm wearing I'm wearing wrist things when we're talking about Turbo Kid. Maybe yeah. maybe that's kind of perfect. So the kid goes and gets the wrist-mounted weapon system that he then goes out with and zaps bad guys with these energy blasts. And I gotta give these people credit when they shoot a motherfucker with an energy blast, they don't just go poof into a cloud of smoke. They explode like a water balloon. You know? Uh, a big CGI effect with a big uh, uh, splash of blood everywhere, including like real prosthetic blood and guts and arms and legs everywhere. They're, they were actually, they were charmingly gory about the, the good guy's weapon. I mean, it did just make guys go poof you know, like they were shot with a phaser. They exploded in arms and legs and guts and arms and heads and eyes went oh, everywhere. Oh, they, they they had all their ranks in uh, bloody mess. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, clearly. Um, I, I'd say the I'd say the Turbo Kid weapon comes with like three ranks in bloody mess right to start with. As soon as you pick oh, it yeah. up, totally. So, um, well, I think it was Turbo Man because there was like some kind of like. Video in the war machine that said, "Oh, Turbo Man, you're." I think that was Turbo Man. Well, I I, did, I just rewatched this afternoon. The general says something like "soldier." He keeps calling him "soldier." Oh, but okay, that's right. the uniform looks exactly like Turbo Man, and the the arm weapon looks exactly like Turbo Man, and the war machine that's buried is has this kind of look like it's some sort of long, thin hypersonic jet. You only see it from the inside. They didn't build an exterior prop for yeah. it. But they built a, a small set that the kid could could crawl around in, and it it really smelled. It it they, obviously the kid is supposed to take inspiration from this and from the comic book, but the movie never really defines if there's a line between the comic book and the reality of the robot wars because we sure do get around to meeting some robots before this is over with. We yeah, we definitely meet some robots and. Um... Like and he meets and his we mentioned his girlfriend. He meets his girlfriend early on. Like after he, um, uh, like he goes to the town and on the way back from the town from trading, he runs into her and she's like, "Oh, me and my best friend." She's like a little like, you know, she's a little uh, off her rocker, as they say, you know. <laughs> and oh, yeah. um, well, the thing was, she's like, "Listen, I before we go, I gotta, I gotta do something first. She goes over and she goes around behind some rubble and you hear her talking. Listen, I, I, I'm going to be okay, all right? You don't need to hang out with me anymore. I'm going to be all right. I'll, I'll see you later. You know, thanks for hanging out or whatever. And it's a corpse. It's just yeah. a – it's like a, a skeletonized, rotten, dead body. And the idea that she's been – and apparently, you know, the big reveal is she's a companion robot. That was her last companion. Nobody else had come along. So she's just been hanging out, waiting for somebody else to just be there, be there enthusiastic. You know, everything he does is cool. Like, you know, he pulls out comics. Comic books are so cool because she's designed to make you feel better about your 
<laughs> your miserable lame existence. So everything you do is cool. Everything it's what'd you say? It's like a museum of cool in here, which is going through all the junk in his in his uh, uh, his uh, his bunker. And um, one of my other favorite little hints that they threw out is is that thing where she's all like we should play tag. And he's like, what? No, we're scavenging for supplies. And she like hits him and goes, you're it and runs off. And there's this quick scene of them running around playing tag. Well, when they get done, he's panting and she comes over and sits down next to him. She's not panting. She looks at him up and down and then starts going, <sighs> it starts panting. So it looks like she breathes. Yeah. You know? And I'm like, that was cool. But she's, she's kind of the post apocalyptic manic pixie dream girl trope. You know, yeah. uh, she's that exciting girl character who's only there to make the boring guy who's stuck in a rut get out of his rut and have an exciting adventure, right? And that's exactly what she does. And I guess the uh, the the believable excuse that there is a chick this exciting and this interesting and this most fun and attractive and into you is that of course she's a robot and she's she's programmed to do that. You know, well, it, could, it couldn't happen any other way. Yeah, you know, but um, my wife, my wife does not have time for my bullshit. Let me just say right now, <laughs> I, I, I don't think I, I don't think any of her wives have time for a bullshit. No, but uh, no. no, they do not. Um, but, but yeah, so robot companion, uh, which we find out eventually. So yeah, we, again, folks, we told you we we're going to spoil a couple of things. So, but it's not going to ruin the, your fun of the movie anyway. So don't no. worry about it. You know. Um, because the fun of the movie is just one over-the-top, ridiculous moment after another. Uh, for me, that was just as they just kept topping themselves. Oh, it just kept getting worse. And then eventually, we run into the, um, you know, the cro crocodile Max or whatever his name is. You know, uh, <laughs> you know. Um, I don't think that's unfair. <laughs> Referring to him as Crocodile Max <laughs> is not bad. I think his name was. Frederick, let me check IMDb. It was something like, oh, why no, they named him Frederick? Yeah, Frederick. Yeah, yep. Frederick. I, Fre Fred. I, I, yep. Okay, you named him Frederick. <laughs> Frederick. Is that a yeah, reference? Her, her, name, or? her, her name was uh, Apple. Uh, the bad guy's name was Zeus. You know, the, uh, the, the, um, the right hand man. The kid was named the kid. The kid, Skeletron. Yeah, was the guy with with the mask and the saw blade hands. He was Skeletron. Okay. Yeah. They, they, I think uh, the only other guy who's named is the uh, who had a name is like Bagu, the uh, the trader, the trader. merchant. Oh, which and oh, I have to point out that this film does actually have death by BMX bike. Uh, although it's not like running over a guy's head with it, they literally disembowel somebody with a BMX bike. So there you go. They managed to get that in there as well for ridiculous. You know what it's like, Jared? It's like they made this film with Joe Bog Briggs in mind. Like he was gonna, you know, there he'd have to do every time Joe Bob did a review that he'd be like, you know, uh, you know, three, you know, six boobs, uh, ninety decapitations. Uh, you know, uh, three disembowelings, one disemboweling by bike, you know, by BMX bike. There'd be that that list at the end, you know. Yeah. Arm foo, leg foo, uh, uh, whatever it was, arm wrestling foo, 
you know, and this film was built like that. It's built like they were expecting Joe Bob Briggs to review it back in the 80s. Oh, exactly. And oh, by the way, when in the spaceship, when the guy was talking about the talking to the soldier, the mm -hmm. commander, he was turbo general. Oh, I believe. Then he must be turbo. If it's oh, Turbo yeah. General, if there's, if, there's a, if there's a line credit for a character called Turbo General, end of story. That was Turbo. Yeah. Man. It had to, be, had to be Turbo. So, But, yeah, so he meets her, all this crazy shit, looking for water, the source of water. That's, like, that's, that's the thing is everybody's, like, questing for water. And eventually, you know, Axe winds up at the pool party with the Turbo Kid and Apple. And they have, like, Guy, you know, guys they have to fight, which are just like so over the top, just like ridiculous, you know. Every one of them is a video game bad guy, yes, all of them. Yeah, um, there's a, oh, there's a reveal there which we won't talk about, uh, at, at the pool party. So, again, part of the plot, you know. But we'll, we'll leave we'll leave that one to you so you can see, be surprised. But yeah, all the guys are like video game bad guys, you know, with chains and chainsaw. Oh, it was just like it was just so ridiculous. It's uh, one of them looked like a, a a a Street Fighter character. I remember, and the guy with the bag over his head, the burlap yeah. sack with the one yep. eye hole, looked yep. looked like looked like the the there was this one class of tough bad guys in. Resident Evil, I think it was four, where you would always end up being chased around by this guy with a with a burlap sack over his head and a chainsaw who would just wildly swing the chainsaw at you as he would just come flying at you. That's what the guy looked like. You'd right down to like a a leather face apron as well with a bag over his head. Exactly. He was total like, yep, horror movie trope right there, character. Um very interesting, very fun. Um, so, Frederick's brother was there as well. Like, he was looking for, that's right, he was looking for his brother. His brother gone. How to find his brother, you know? Yeah. That's Frederick's excuse. Um, yeah. Apple just gets captured and thrown in the pit in the, in the pool party because the bad guys are looking for entertainment. Um, and uh, our hero, rescue, Turbo Kid, comes and rescues them. Uh, and then uh, realizes that the head bad guy and his right-hand gunsel are the people who killed his parents. Of course they are. Who else would kill Turbo Kid's parents except the main bad guy, right? So, Oh, yeah. Got to have a final showdown. So they have their final. They show down. They finally show down. Oh, yes. It's um, every. It's but, every. It's everything. It's everything you could have hoped a final showdown in this movie could be. They, uh, I, I want to say there's this thing where he, he the, the, there's a part where the, where Apple tries to teach him how to fight and she yes, starts using yeah. the, the instructions from Karate Kid from the bad guys, which was like strike first, you know, strike hard, show no mercy was, I, was the thing she tells him, which I think is. And, and, and and he's like, "That's it." It's like, "Yep." <laughs> and then she proceeds. She doesn't really teach him anything. You know? Yeah, I would. Except then she punches him in the eyes, punches him in the throat, and punches him in the balls. You know, as a demonstration of the technique. Uh, so the first time he gets into a fight with, the, he's got this ridiculous like machete, and he takes and hits the guy 
across the eyes with it, and it just lobs the guy's head off from, like, right here. The second blow hits the throat, knocks the rest of the head off, and then he stabs him in the... He stabs the... <laughs> <laughs> the guy, the corpse that's kind of standing there, not really stabs it in the balls, and everyone's like, "Oh, it's on now." I guess, I guess we've started the fight, you know. <laughs> but the 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 gore effects are like something out of Peter Jackson's Dead Alive, you know. Yeah, they're, they're absolutely. The only thing that's missing would be pink blood, you know, that off color, not yeah. right colored blood. Um, but yeah, it's. They uh, they do a fine job with their prosthetic effects. Um, uh, oh yeah, it was definitely like they, yeah, like Dead Alive or even uh, what was another over the top gore was um, Cemetery Man. Oh, good call. Even even yes. to something like that, you know, this that kind of like oh, it's so over the top, but it works. Yep, and uh, like I said, it, it it's pretty well paced. I don't think you'll fall asleep. Um, yeah, no, it's not a very long movie, but oh, it's now oh, it's uh, the song 90. at the beginning. Oh the, yeah, the song "Thunder in My Heart" is the name of the the theme music at the beginning, and it is. And you were listening to it, we're thinking, "Oh my God, this is all the '80s that ever aided the '80s." The thing is, it's a real '80s song, Jared. They didn't they didn't make that song up for the movie. It's a real 80s song that was used in a Hal Needham BMX bike movie from 1986 called Rad, R-A-D. The man who brought us Smokey and the Bandit and Cannonball 1 through 90 or however many there were, Hal Needham directed fucking Rad, and that song is actually lifted from that movie's soundtrack. Which it means just, they, they probably spent a few pennies on that too. But it's so awesomely bad. Oh my god. That's that's the thing. We were talking about this before you found that that before you've researched that information, you're like, this song is so perfect, it's so bad, it's so 80s, because it was. Yeah, it was. <laughs> you 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 can't replicate that. You could try <laughs> you could try and you could try and you're not gonna get it right, but it sounds forced. This song's like, this is absolutely perfect because it was. You can't, you can't duplicate it's, that. It's the proximity to the Eye of the Tiger. You, you, the further you get away from the time that the Eye of the Tiger turned up in that Rocky movie, the less effective your um, your your montage music come becomes. Right? You, there's not enough cocaine now. There's not enough nuclear uh, annihilation threatening us with the Russians. Well, maybe, but not that much. Um, and there's, there's, yeah, and there's not enough smoke in the bandit. I just, you can never get, you can't get that, you can't get that anymore. <laughs> uh, these guys do a fire job of trying. I, they really do. But the idea that they had to get their their shitty eighties theme music off a shitty eighties movie is, it, well, just well, okay, well, 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 it shows their dedication that they want to do it right. They they have a lot of weird references to BMX movies in this. I thing. know. Um, well, because BMX, because well, I was well, I'm I'm only a few years younger, but that make but that makes a difference, you know. Um, just at least for that one little snippet of time, you know, we mm -hmm. would have been in high school at the same time together, but um, but you know, when I'm you know in middle school, you know, like when I'm in eighth grade, you're like 
a junior? Were you a junior? junior? Yeah. Yeah. You're like a junior, you know, because, well, I was a freshman, you were a senior. Yeah. So, um, so still, like, when I'm in, like, you know, sixth, seventh, eighth grade, you were, like, when I started sixth grade, you started high school. Yeah. So that's still BMX age, but I'm, like, in middle school when it was a little more that early time when the BMXing and stuff like that. So that was big back then. Like, like I wanted one. I never had a BMX bike, but I had friends who had them. I used to, used to ride them. Yeah. BMX bikes were the fucking thing, you know. There was like a park um, out where I lived that had BMX racing, you know, and stuff. Well, like that. it's it not big. an accident. Those things were all over. Those things are all over. Um, uh, are they all over Stranger Things? Are there bikes BMX bikes? Or are there bikes just bikes? Uh, there might be some BMX, but no, theirs are a little more like. I think a lot of them are kind of a little more leftover '70s bikes, because like with yeah, because the, they're poor. Those kids are the, poor with the banana seats and stuff like that. Which yeah, one of my yeah, buddies, yeah. which one of my buddies at work got into an art. You know, we got like a debate about. Oh, I thought they were girl bikes, and this is like, no, dude, those things were fucking the shit with the long sight, the banana seats, and the shifters and stuff. Anyway, that's a whole other, a, a whole other topic. Right. But um, but yeah, but BMXing those bikes, that was like the thing back then. So I I could totally see how why. They did that in in the movies because I said I told I I totally remember that you know yeah well um, altogether do do we have a summing up on this thing it's uh, as we're closing in on the top of the hour um guys it's totally worth your time like yeah. I said it's uh, like I said nothing I'll come back to a second time but I had I had fun it was a good movie a lot of homages a lot of references um. You know, not not he not heavy on a plot, you know, but it doesn't need to. It's just like, you know, just the whole ridiculous, you know, gore and references and homages. It's just, it's fun. It's a good movie, especially, you know, if you come from that era, you know, when you saw things like, you know, all these bad, you know, Bronx Warriors of the year 3000, all these like bad 80s, you know, uh, post-apocalyptic movies back then, you'll have a you'll have a good appreciation for it. You know, there uh, I'm trying to remember the. There's one that I'm to keep trying to remember that had something to do with, like, uh, it was some '80s film. It was like you know, Attack of the Prehistoric Women, and it, it starts off with um, uh, this. It was one of these things that had a crazy fake language in it. Where they, you know, would, and I know we've talked about it on the show where yeah. we talked about language that a crazy fake language is for renaming everything, you know. Um, uh, but then they also have this terrible narration describing what the fake language things are. And there's one element of this that reminds me of that movie. And it was something like, God, I'm, I want to say it's like cave women or something like that because uh, uh, it's the future. Uh, women have overthrown the male order and now men are oppressed in this barbaric Amazon culture. And one of our escaped males uh, manages to accidentally like fall into a bunker or uh, Air Force One or something that's been buried, crashed and buried and uh, finds this, this sort of console and this equipment, this uniform 
that um, I wonder does it say it doesn't look like it, you know, the ship's controls declare him the president of the United States or something. Like, you know, welcome, Mr. President. You know, your war powers act, your your war powers are intact. Congress has voted you another term or something like that. And suddenly he's, you know, given all this uh, gear that's going to help overthrow the evil order of feminazis or they've taken over, you know, the wasteland. Um, and falling into the falling into the, uh, the 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 Turbo Man warship sort of reminded me of of that from that movie. Unless unless that's taken from somewhere else, can you think of something that that's maybe taken from? Because uh, I mean, there's falling into there's falling into Lost World. They do it in Planet of the Apes, beneath the Planet of the Apes. You know, it's how mm. it's how uh, Francie uh, Francesa gets down into uh, the subway. You know. It's just falling through the earth or something. But anyways, uh, still, no matter what, still good movie. You should watch. You will not be greatly disappointed. I think you'll have a good time. Oh, absolutely. And just just as a, <clears throat> a side note, uh, I meant to talk about the beginning. It was funny. I read some um, – I, I didn't have it. I didn't – I was going to respond to it, but I didn't respond to it. Uh, I just never got around to it. It was uh, one, one of the – one of the people who uh, watched the show was making some uh, some criticism about uh, us reviewing a movie about how we're not movie critics and this and that. He was like he was like, give us a hard time about uh, our criticism, and and I just I, and I, I, said, we, we said we were movie critics. I, that, that that was going to be my point. I'm like, um, listen here, butt nut. We never fucking said we're fucking critics. As I always say, we're. You know, because it was something it was, he was like really critical about, like, oh, their lack of this or that. And I'm like, really, dude? What the fuck, man? We're guess what? I don't get paid to do this. This yeah. is not my this is not my profession. This is just a couple of guys who appreciate the genre, just giving our opinions about. Yeah, something. except for a, a few years going to UCLA's, uh, you know, uni- uh, film studies department. Apart from that, I have no training in this. <laughs> besides my numerous Emmy awards and uh, you know <laughs> I'm also sadly lacking in an English literature degree so so obviously I should not be commenting on any of the books that we've yeah. we've, we've talked about oh well I, I, I know and he tried to save himself at the end he's like well but anybody who likes this is a, in a friend of apocalypse is a friend of mine and I was like okay dude whatever well you yeah. know <laughs> we are we are living in a we are living in a in a in, in a Sort. This is definitely nerd world now, and God knows uh, I have made the same gripes. Uh, everyone loves to pick apart things that they love, even when they love them. Yeah, um, because because uh, I'm not sure why. Maybe it's because we've got so much to choose from now as nerds. You know, we did not have this this kind of a buffet thirty years ago. No, uh, we, we could do a whole show about that, but uh, <laughs> um, we have got a lot more goodies to choose from these days, so it's a lot easier to 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 hack on the things you don't like. But all I can, it's like you know, I I keep thinking of that thing from uh, Spaced, where he says, "I I once punched a man in the face for saying that Hawk the Slayer was rubbish." Yeah, <laughs> it's like back then you you better love the genre because whatever shows up, because that's all you're gonna get. There's no standing there with a bowl and saying, please, um, I have some more. Hollywood is not going to give it to you. They're not. Well, people nowadays, it's like, yes, you know, 
some of these younger folks, you know, you know, they'll say like, "Oh, you're just a gatekeeper, and you don't want to let us in and protect." I never, I never, we never fucking said any of that. No. I'm just, I'm just saying is you got it too fucking easy. It's easy. <laughs> it was easy for you. Everything was just fucking handed to you. It was all there. It was all there. You know, it's it's too easy, and it's too easy to find stuff, criticize, look at stuff, listen to stuff. Oh, create your own podcast and talk about stuff. You know, oh shit! On. How easy is that now? It's really we, easy. The you idea know? that we, what other forum would we have for getting in touch with people? Like, um, uh, uh, making our own radio show on 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 uh, 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 God, what's stuff called? Like a ham radio show? Ham is radio. that what we would do? Or yeah, exactly. Exactly. We could be pirate radio, or, or we're gonna have it. We're gonna make our own fanzine and print it in newsprint. You know. It's, oh my god! Don't even. The wife used to do that. The wife used to do that. We still have copies of the thing around. It was this fanzine she just she uh, distributed all over Seattle. And I look at the work that they did to get that thing out, and I can't even imagine having to work that hard. Oh yeah, uh, it's it's astounding. I I had a friend. 80s, 90s, did a uh, music um, fancy, but he did this underground magazine called DBN, and it was all like music reviews, local stuff, and it was all like newsprint and clip art and typed and printed. And oh, I, did, he, did he lay it out by hand? Yeah, lay it out by oh, hand. Yeah, and, and I even I, and I even wrote uh, like uh, I wrote articles in it two times back then. Just like uh, it was called the Walls Corner, and I would like just talk about like one time, like something like a new album that came out or something like that. So I got to, I, I in it a couple of times, and yeah, they write it, and they had a like like I remember him, uh, yeah, I saw them cutting stuff out, laying it out, clip art, doing stuff, drawing stuff. You know, be, being a fan and being in that wasn't fucking easy back then, and people don't seem to realize that now. We're not just saying that yo we're better than you or you know this and that, and we earned it, you know, but. In a sense, we did. It's just like I said, things are very easy now, you know. So appreciate the easiness that you have, you know. First world fucking problems, you know. Yeah. One thing I want to point out, though, on September twenty eighth of this year, just notice this on the um, on the uh, 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 Wikipedia page for Turbo Kid, they announced that they're doing a sequel. What? Get out. That's right. No Tomorrow, a Turbo Kid tale. And there is even a music video uh, on YouTube, which I uh, have only just now discovered and am looking at. Oh, my God. Really? Is it on the, it's on the Wikipedia page? Yeah, it was on the Wikipedia page at the bottom. In fact, I'm looking at the video right now, and oh, my God. <laughs> the opening sequence of the... <laughs> of the video is Apple, right? As the, the companion robot. She's hanging out with the guy who's going to be the corpse that she's hanging out with when the kid discovers her. It's on the Wikipedia page? Where is it? Uh, it was uh, at the very bottom. The very bottom, and then there was a link in the links. Und under under references? I am totally sending you the, 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 the video right now. Oh, wait. Uh, Lamato's fate, pause, no tomorrow. Yeah. Wait. Yep. Just send it to you right now. So it it opens, it opens right as I'm looking at it, it opens with uh the the, the clearly dressed in the same clothes. Um 
the helmet with the yellow stripes and the oh the, my god it's the guy who was laying there dead <laughs> so i'm thrilled that it's going to be a prequel so there so, oh my god yeah i just Jesus turbo Christ. kid lives on oh my god so check, check that out folks okay well enough of our ranting but like i said you know the guy who criticized our criticism fuck you you know it's, it's like we're not we're not movie critics just fucking deal with it you know again anyway so all right folks um turbo kids both gets a thumbs up from uh me and scott uh definitely go check it out and apparently we're gonna get a prequel yay we can't wait for that to come out that's gonna be that's gonna be funny shit so uh that's all we got folks uh like i said now um I know we've been a little sporadic, uh, you know, with, with the shows, and uh, we apologize. Uh, but of course, we got to take a little step away again because, like I said, I'm I'm moving, I'm buying a house, and I'm moving, so I'm gonna be busy the next several weeks for sure. And then um, Scott's gonna be uh, coming into close to me in town to take care of some uh, personal business. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I'm gonna wind up seeing Scott. Actually, I'm, I'm gonna wind up seeing Scott because where I'm moving is gonna be close to his. Uh, his hometown. I'm only going to be like 45 minutes away. So that works out good for me. So uh, we'll probably get together and uh, do some plotting for what we're going to do coming up. So, but after, after all that happens to move and all that other stuff happens, uh, that will, we'll, we'll come back in uh, December and uh, get some more shows going out to you guys. I said, some of the things we definitely going to line up is uh, when I finish war day, I want to definitely, we we'll definitely want to review war day. I'm looking um, forward to that. I'm looking forward to your feedback on war day. Yeah, so War Day, we're going to do War Day, and then we're going to do um, uh, maybe some of the, the rest of the Silo series as we get those done. And then who else knows what will come up in between? You know, like I said, we've been doing a lot of movie and book reviews lately, which is uh, interesting. And uh, if we can come up with some broad topics, we'll see if we could do that, uh, some games, um, maybe any more cool Kickstarters. So, yeah, so, one, you know, because I'll have, uh, you know, I'll be moving the bunk, like I said, moving the bunker, you know, a little bit more north, you know, because I want to try to stay away from uh, – you know, the flood zones uh, down here when, you know, the waters rise from the uh, nuclear uh, summer when <laughs> ice caps melt. I don't know. But um, so, like I said, look for us uh, Look for us in De- uh, December uh, to come back, folks. Just give us, you know, give us about a month and uh, we'll come back with some uh, new shows, some more book reviews, some hopefully some more movie reviews and uh, whatever else we come uh, up with. And as, uh, as I try find stuff, I'll try to get some stuff posted on the blog to keep you guys uh, entertained in the meantime so again that that'll we should definitely post the video we just found <laughs> to, to uh the turbo kid prequel we should definitely post that i'll, I'll, I'll get that uh, i'll get that up on i'll get that up on the blog if not tonight i'll get i'll get it tomorrow right. uh for sure so I'll, I'll get that up so so that's gonna be it folks again thank you for uh spending your time with us uh tonight and well for those who are listening later on just thank you for your time um this is Jared. He's Scott. We are thanking you, and we will see you in the wastelands.